Hello! My name is Kevin, and I'm on cocaine wearing nothing but a leopard print loincloth. And I'm Michael, and I'm trying to sleep with your sister. Stop talking about my sister. No. And welcome to Subtitled Cinema, a podcast dedicated to non-American films. Each week, we'll be watching a film from a different country. We invite you to watch at home so you can follow along. This week, Lahane, directed by Matthew Kasovitz, a black-and-white crime drama following 24 hours of three young men in the wake of a violent riot in an impoverished suburb of Paris. Before we dive right into this movie, just a little bit about its production and its context. Some background and some contextualization. Some juicy bits. Kasovitz began writing the script on the day that 17-year-old Makomi Mbell, sorry about mispronunciation names, was shot dead while in police custody. The officer interrogating Mbell ignored an order to release the minor. After that, the officer pulled out his gun to threaten the teenager because Mbell was apparently shouting and had insulted him. After that, the officer claims that the gun went off accidentally, so some ambiguity. In response, the incident sparked mass civil unrest. And this particular incident kind of is is probably more visibly resonated or you know visibly localized within the movie you kind of see it you know in the finale the climax of the movie something that is is quite reflective of this particular this particular you know incident of police brutality right like a gun accidentally going off is exactly what we see in the end a gun that was supposed to be a threat but nonetheless was turned into a weapon of death and the opening montage uses footage from certain protesting going on in the suburbs of paris you can definitely tell that this incident was on the forefront of kasovitz's mind i mean he began writing the script i assume just like the moment he heard about this and it's seen many many times throughout the movie another piece of inspiration came from the death of malik osukin his character was reflected in the character of abdel osukin was a 22 year old student protester who died in police custody in disputed circumstances allegedly he died after being beaten by riot police who were responding to a mass demonstration that osukin did not actually take part in one of the movie's sort of, I would say, pros is that it kind of has, like, it seems like it's almost based in reality. There's a lot of surrealism in it, and there's a lot of lo- lot of editing within it, you know what I mean? This yeah. Is, this is a curated piece of art, but it feels real. Yeah. You know, these characters seem real. They could just be walking around in Paris right now. Like, it definitely has that kind of, like, documentary, mockumentary feel. Yeah. And even though there's a cow in the middle of the street or very, like, artful mirror shots, you're yeah. still given the sense that you're just following these people in their lives. Yeah, it's grounded in reality. It very much is, and that's seen just in like the attention to the set detail and kind of the way that these characters are meandering out. A lot of these very tiny details all come together to be to show kind of like this is like an average day almost. Not to mention some superb acting by all three of our superb. main protagonists. Um, all the characters have the same names as their actors. Vincent Castle probably being the most well-known actor coming out of this movie because he went on to have like, you know, big blockbuster success. But and, not well-known at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, he actually says that this movie kind of follows him like a curse because everybody <laughs> always wants to talk to him about him no matter what he's doing. And for good reason. If I were to see Vincent Castle, this is the first movie I'd bring Oh, I'd be him. blown away. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think the trio of our male leads kind of knocked this out of the park. I yes, think. I think they definitely, like, sink their teeth in and, and roll with it very well. Like, I was convinced by their performances yeah. through and through. And so we start with one of those male leads, the very first shot, Saeed. 
he's kind of the mediator character between the yeah, two other protagonists the glue that we found. Yeah, holding them together. He immediately goes finds Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, Vince. Yes. All these characters are from minority backgrounds within the the overall scope of not just Paris but France in general. Yeah. And they come from like immigrant families. Um, Vince is Jewish himself. Said Sa- is, is a Northern African Muslim, yeah, Muslim. I believe. And uh, Hubert is uh, Afro Caribbean. Afro, Afro something. There's a hyphen it could just in there. Be it might just French. be Afro French. You know, yes. Simply put, but you know, th- we have a lot of we have a lot of good representation in yeah. just these three and very much marginalized folk, especially within like the ethno context of uh, yeah. of uh, France. We're not following privileged Parisians. We're following these three who kind of live in what directly translates to suburbs, but is definitely closer to I would say the English of like slums, perhaps. Yeah, you or know, like... this is this is like the projects. Yeah, projects you know, low, is income, really good. low income housing, uh, high crime, but it kind yeah. of like comes out of this poverty. We open on Said. His eyes kind of click open from a ticking that starts, and that'll be revisited later. And we go to Vince's house, and he's asleep. We have a, a fun little shot of him like dancing alone, like in some empty rooms, and he's dreaming of breakdancing. Oh which yes, I, I had almost completely forgotten. I love that because I mean, like you know, as hard of a gangster as Vince tries to put himself up, like he's and he, he dreams of dance. Does. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get to see these kind of like subconscious inner layers yeah. here, and it's not as hard as he might want you to think. No, not even remotely. They collect themselves. They go to Hubert's gym to meet our third protagonist of the story. Yes, Hubert's boxing gym. Hubert in this beautiful shot, basically the only thing illuminated. Gorgeous shot. Gorgeous shot of him just wailing on this punching bag. Um, it's the only thing left in the room. It is. It's the only thing that's not been destroyed. During these these sort of clashes with the police and these bits of civil unrest, Hubert's gym gets destroyed by protesters. Yes. Which is, I think, definitely like a recurring theme as we see later with um, the cars that are torched by yeah. the, um, another one of the community members. I think emblematic of... Like, where the harm is falling yes. from these rioters. And it's back on the community. It definitely is. I mean, Hubert, someone who's not only, like, amongst the community, but you kind of get the sense that he earned this. You know, Yeah, he he, it was a lot money. of hard work. Yeah. yeah, like, him getting his gym was such a huge thing. And now, as kind of just a casualty, as, like, a collateral... It was, like, cannibalized by his own, yeah. his own you know, neighborhood. I think part of the, the, the tragedy that we're, you know, set in motion for... Right. Like, we see right off the bat this whole thing that we return to again and again, and that Hubert, I believe, explicitly states, which is the whole, like, violence begets violence. Like, we have to stop somewhere or everything is going to end up getting destroyed. In Vince and Hubert, their characters are kind of constantly at odds, where Hubert is more more trying to keep his head down and right you know, like Hubert's surviving yeah Hubert knows that like you have to at least abide by the police at times he knows you can't be like coming at them as hard as Vince yeah. always claims he wants to yeah. whereas Vince is also I think uh, to, to contrast Hubert he's I guess an aggressor you know I would he's, say he, so. he instigates a lot he wants to yeah yeah and you know for him it's not necessarily about trying to rise above as it is with Hubert no for him it's more about his image and he's Absolutely. trying to like you know fit in well amongst his community and kind of get some sort of credit or some sort of respect right. that he's seeking. respect is a huge thing he yeah. definitely wants to just cultivate this image as like a hard gangster like yeah. on the rooftop when he's like everyone's done jail time so instead of doing community service which is very generous like i'm going to go to jail for no reason really and no other reason than respect we're kind of set up with these two with saeed kind of acting as this like middling ground mediator right. between the two to connect them and bridge them but yeah. also just just keep them together whenever they split off saeed is the one who's kind of like physically in between the two trying to bridge just big ideological gaps honestly yeah definitely maintaining that like trio formation but they, they are like a cohesive unit 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, Seed yeah. is is not just this, like, weird bridge character. Saeed definitely, you know, has his moments alone. He yeah. has his moments with the two of them individually. And when Saeed is arrested, we, we are able to see Hubert and Vince go after him. You know, they're able yeah. to, like, retrieve him successfully. One of the things I love most about Lahaine is not only that it has kind of commentary on not just French life, but also just wider scope of police brutality, policing, power difference, and kind of how that manifests itself and how community response to it but it's like a technically brilliant film i'm a sucker for you know cinematography i very much appreciate stylized content and i think this movie kind of delivers it frequently and throughout beautiful shots Um, beautiful cinematography there's absolutely yes an iconic mirror scene that we would be remiss if we did not bring up and talk about i think it's gorgeous it's the scene which vince is doing the the taxi driver yes. uh routine in his own mirror the travis bickle bit yes and <laughs> and in taxi driver he is kind of a crazy person oh, absolutely uh, he, he's like a rogue vigilante ass character yeah. but vince kind of sees him as it's like a tough guy like are you messing with and me it's all, i mean it's all image in taxi driver yeah. too you know like yeah, he definitely. wants to like go like murder the mayor yeah. just not for any, like, do, like, just cause, but because it'll make him be seen. And so, you know, Vince kind of draws from that and seeks inspiration from that. Now, the mirror shot itself is quite spectacular, and I have always wondered how they did it. And I looked it up, and I was practically knocking myself like on the side of the head. <laughs> it's a body double. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. So is the... What? Is there a mirror? No. Ah! So okay. there's that no, makes a there's lot no of mirror in the shot. The back you see, the back of Vince is, is the body not double. Vince. Of it's course a body it would double. be practical. And so it goes over you know, his, his shoulder, shoulder into the mirror. Vince who's just looking. Mirror. Yeah, and you're just looking into Vince mm-hmm. one-on-one. I think that scene is That must have effect. been so fun to like sync up moving, like all that yeah. practicing that. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I had no idea. This is my first time hearing it, and yeah. I'm like blown away. So, yeah, but doesn't it make sense? You know, it's, it's, it absolutely makes it's sense. Obvious. All of our wild theories made much less sense. <laughs> At least they'd be a lot harder. <laughs> yes, that shot is phenomenal. In the moment, too, it's just so seamless Yeah, that like your shock of like how do they do this is kind of put aside because it's like, wow, this shot is just so beautiful. Yeah, and you know, it moves on. After we leave the rooftop and kind of on that subject of image, because mirrors, I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously, whenever you see a mirror, yeah, yeah, in a movie, that's like there's something going on between the reflection and reflectee, and just you know the audience itself. Yeah, there's another aspect of not only image but of media that gets tied in when they're all sitting alone and a media van pulls up. They're sitting in the park. You have a van come just out of nowhere, like no right to really do this. Accost them, being like, hey. Can we get your thoughts? Can we get your likeness on Do this camera? Do something. No, like, respond. Yeah. Like, he compares it to what? One of the zoos you drive through? Yeah. Hubert says that. And he's absolutely right. The, so, you know, the media van kind of rolls in. Instigates. You know, elicits. Yeah. Tries to get a reaction. Just totally, like, we're, like, exploiting you, really, yes. for, like, the sensationalism of it. And Vince falls for it, so to speak. I mean, I don't know. I well, feel well, like he, Vince he, definitely he, protests against it. He does. And he speaks back and he postures a bit. Yeah. But when we see from the, the media camera's point of view... This is almost kind of what they were what looking for. What they were for. looking for, yeah, yeah. Because now they have a quintessential, like... Representation. Oh, yeah, like, hard, aggressive, like, in the projects, like, no manners. All these, like, the rich people can look at this now and be like, oh, like, this is so uncivilized. The bourgeoisie, the origin of the bourgeoisie, <laughs> might we add. Seriously. Um, so, yeah, in addition to just all this posturing and image, you have media and, like, what it means to be observed. Yeah. And just a lot of, like... Because wherever these three characters go, even outside of this media van, like, they're kind of the objects of surveillance. They're definitely under the eye of anyone. And a lot of the times it's the police just kind of standing around looking, like, tough, looking, like, menacing. But this is jumping ahead a bit, but even in, like, the art gallery, 
everyone in that art gallery is looking at them yeah. and listening to them and like very like hyper aware yeah. of their presence. I mean, in the uh, in the police station when they're picking up uh, Saeed when he gets arrested in the hospital, they're just getting stared at by all the police. Absolutely. And frankly, I kind of like that scene because you have the gangsters themselves witnessing kind of the other side of this, truly the other yeah. side of the the fence. You I, you really get a sense for this tension and this this you know. Just disparity in understanding between both, you know, both communities. It's basically palpable in that scene. Yeah. And I really love the placement where it's just head on on the camera. You are yeah. kind of taking on this, like, POV of, like, the officers are looking, our characters now, but they're looking you, and they're looking at you with such, like, disdain and suspicion yeah. and, like, malice that it, it's definitely, like, a tangible feeling. So I want to talk about briefly, kind of going on the, the technical elements. Right, when they dis- beautiful when they, scenes. Yes, when they discover the gun... When there's Vince a, shows them the gun. Yes. There's a, a cool... It's not like a dolly forward, but it's practically they like walk the camera because it's a little shaky It is, yeah. I, I remember what you're um, talking about. As they are in that the same room where uh, you find Vince breakdancing in his dreams, kind of zooming yeah. into the three of them circling around the gun that Vince has obtained. Yeah. Not all, I think it's a very cool scene because you kind of really you kind of get a second to like check out that gun, you know. Yeah. And I feel like especially in the context of a France, people can't really own firearms so readily. This is a big deal. Right. It is like this is an officer's lost gun. Yeah. This is very much like something that they would otherwise like not have access to. This is a very like special, very like rare occasion. And Saeed even you know brings up like you're now the man in the hood or whatever. Right. Like this elevates Vince in a way that he has been trying to elevate himself yes. basically throughout the entire film. So now he has, like, this tool to do so, which is very frightening, frankly. Yeah. It's definitely, like, a kind of a scary moment that Hubert definitely recognizes that this is dangerous just implicitly. This isn't some toy to, like, show up to your bros. This isn't something that you just hold and is like, look at how cool this is. Like, Even this though is that's a gun. exactly what Vince that's does That's exactly like, how he times. treats it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which shows this big disconnect between Vince's ideas of image and what it means to be yeah. perceived and respected versus the actual consequences of so much of what he's trying to do yes Huber doesn't like that and they of course. Uh, especially after the hospital scene he realizes he's had the gun on him the whole time and right. they split up and we follow Hubert going home and when they finally meet up again we're treated to some sick sick brick dancing sick 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 yes just like oh baby they're Absolutely. going and they're going and this immediately for me pinged Spike Lee yes. and just how often Spike Lee will put just like really like gorgeous choreography yes. and how great that is is screen time definitely like we're treated to just this like very like active so very, great dance it's like cool stuff yeah it's I'm exactly so glad you brought up see. Spike Lee yeah I mean it's obviously I think there's parallels to do the right thing yes like rising tensions absolutely and that culminating in such you this know, is a neighborhood this is a community of people yeah. and there is whether it's like the heat or like scrutiny or whatever yeah. it is there is pressure being put on them and they're acting a certain way because of that pressure yes. they're responding to it so this breakdancing scene i think is such a cool have you know just i want to see cool things on screen yeah. this is them delivering that and kind of a, a diegetic reality oh like, yeah you know there are people they just like stumble into it you know american hip-hop yeah. and assimilating the culture you Absolutely. see that with the um the DJ scene with the uh, the fuck the police, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the French version, which is yeah, exactly. Like a so you cover. have like a very good mix melding, yeah. and a, another instance of just like this is the kind of like art. This yeah. is this is a community member sort of like spreading themselves out, positioning the speaker so yeah. that everyone could get like a real good listen. Yeah. Also, cool fun fact: not only did that DJ kill it when he's cracking oh, his knuckles and getting his hat on backwards, um, but that is uh, Vincent Castle's brother. Oh. 
okay, wow. Yeah. Hopefully I'm not wrong about that. We'll have to figure that out if later. If you are, that's very funny. And you'll uh, keep it. <laughs> but no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that... Uh, we'll, we'll put in something in post that's like, that was wrong. Ding! So that was correct. Actually... The music of the film was handled by French hardcore rap group Assassin, whose song Nique la Police, which is fuck the police in French, heavily samples KRS-One. Go check it out. Uh, one of the members um, of the group Assassin, Matthias Rock and Squat Crochon, is brother of Vincent Castle. So I can't believe you got that right. I, I was right. What can I say? I really thought we'd have to cut the whole Frankly, thing. Frankly, I thought I was a little wrong. I thought I like misquoted that fact. It and that's happens. why I was like, uh-oh. You're just wrong so much. Yeah, well, that's because we've been ignoring all the times I was wrong. <laughs> okay. We're back in the breakdancing scene. Everyone's going up. First of all, that dry rating. Oh. Yeah. But yes, yeah, something happens. Everyone rushes to the window. We're left on a very sick shot of someone spitting on their head. And I feel like you can draw a lot there of, again, like, kind yeah, of like no, spectatorship. Like, where's our attention, you know? Like, yeah. we're, we're focusing on this, like, cool dance, not on this, like instance of violence that's I, happening yeah. right nearby and i also think you could focus on the cyclical nature of the dance move itself and kind of how to what to draw from that i i have no necessarily ideas but you know i think there's definitely something to be said i mean throughout the film right violence begets violence like we see yeah. time and time again like how people get trapped in these like vicious cycles not to sound so goddamn trite so <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so they eventually make their way to Paris because yes. they need to collect money they, from Asterix. Yeah, this whole thing has been a, a convoluted multi-stop journey to collect some dough. You can we can all relate to. Yeah, you know, $500, $500. Hubert, <laughs> $500,000? No. <laughs> it's about the principle. It's a- <laughs> I hate science. <laughs> I love him! <laughs> He's a poet. He's... A bother. Um, <laughs> so we get we get to Paris, France. And we get to the city center. I'm blasted. This phenomenal shot. This absolutely gorgeous instance of. Did we find out the name? It's a dolly and a zoom at the same yeah, time. It, it's kind of it's like a Spielberg shot. I think he's the first first person who like popularized it in sure. Jaws. Um, um, for context. First, the scene itself. Yes. Um, we. It's kind of just like an establishing they're shot. On to, like, they're on like a rooftop or something. Something yeah, that has some a sort of view balcony. of the city. Yeah. The city starts all huge, in focus. Yeah, the characters yeah. are very tiny yeah. in the fort. And, for, and or then it, it's either, you know, a dolly in or out. You move in or out. And then you zoom, and then you zoom the, like opposite. the opposite. And so you get this just kind of like cerebral atmospheric effect yeah. that typically is sh- uh, uh, shown to use... Um, used to show there we go sort of discontent or uneasiness or uh we definitely when someone becomes aware of something right so it's kind of like they are now out of their typical environment yeah because these are definitely people who don't really have that much business in Paris, yeah, france yeah. now in the city center and we go from seeing the entire city and them to yeah. just seeing them yes. and the entire blurred background now yes it makes for practically just almost like a curtain backdrop Oh, you yeah. know, you can't even tell that that's Paris anymore. No, it's not just anymore. like, you know, blurred wall. Right. It's just back on the characters. It's yeah. right back on their their world, so yeah. to speak, right back on what they are doing. And just because their background is now drastically different and they're going to behave different doesn't yeah. mean that the focus has shifted at all. But I just thought that particular shot was like Oh, the extent ludicrous. The extent of that zoom. It keeps going. It keeps going like to go from the entire city to yeah. What was like barely some buildings, really. Yeah, you just you know one street lamp becomes magnified, right? To take up a massive award, right? That just huge blur, like yeah. yeah, that 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 sequence, frankly, like took my breath away when I first saw it. I Excellent. was blown away. 
in Paris, we find ourselves in a, a public men's room. Another gorgeous shot of mirrors. Yes. With, with Saeed <laughs> right in the middle where he needs to be offering soda to his two pissing friends. Yeah, he's like offering them snacks. He's like, do you want it? Do you want it? Like, <laughs> They're like, I'm fine. I can't do it with I them. love Saeed. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, and yeah, just like a nice Yeah, they're talking, they're having a very like serious conversation about, I believe, but about like gun. killing cops yeah. too. Yeah. Because um, you, you kind of get this, this ideological difference. And right. Hubert and Vince are, yeah. are, are clashing again yeah. on like what, how, like, I think this is the part where he's like, if Abdel dies, I'm going to murder a police officer. And, and Hubert's like, 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 that, that is. is not a good, yeah, yeah, that is, this is clearly not what you want to do if Abdel yeah. dies. That and then, not the way. Out of the stall, here enters Gulag Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who tells a riveting a story? Ludicrous, like a little surreal, but definitely like definitely surreal. Definitely, definitely like could you know like it's grounded. It is grounded again. Grounded surreal. This tension is yeah. so so fascinating. Because you know, as surreal as movie gets, again, we could just be following some people around. Exactly. Like these are all plausible. Yeah, they're uh, still weird, but plausible. So this Gulag survivor tells a story about um, when he was in a uh, getting train transported to, yeah. to a camp. Um, one of his friends was too shy. embarrassed. He's a yeah. shy he couldn't poop he in front of other go. people. Like, don't look. And so when he went to poop uh, in the bushes, bush. uh, the train left without him. And, and he dies. He, he dies. He freezes to death. to death. And everyone's kind of puzzled by the meaning right, of that. Right, like Saeed... <sighs> Annoying. Saeed. Love Saeed. Saeed is like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> it's like Saeed. <laughs> Vincent Hubert are silent. So yeah, everyone is like curious about this. As we, as audience members, try to make meaning, right? Like the first thing that comes to my mind, at least, is when you're in that kind of life or death survival mode, you cannot be prioritizing comforts. Yeah. Because if you do, you will not survive. You, you really have to grit and like get through whatever... It is that you're right. You through. can't be like, oh, I'm a shy pooper, so I'm going to like accommodate that. No, yeah. this is life or death. Yeah. There is no room for things like that. There are no room for luxuries. You, you know, you, you can't be worried about your image when you're pooping because exactly. if you're pooping and trying to preserve that image, you're going to be left behind in the cold and freeze to death. Exactly. So it's it's just like bare bones. Like, what does it take to survive? And yeah. it's none of this posturing. It's just it's the bare minimum to get by. Really, yeah, it is. Now, I kind of took away from this a little bit that that one guy who went behind the bushes and froze to death, mm-hmm. uh, he died a free man. Uh, oh, that's interesting. I you didn't know, think about that. that. That was my I first didn't... take. I was like, oh, you know, like, he's not getting sent to the goulash. That's he, for sure. He wasn't. Uh, he didn't survive the goulash like the man who was pooping in a toilet. But it cost him his life. It and I think that's like a life. larger takeaway. That is the trade-off in that scenario in that like life or death scenario yeah. did cost him his life to make those kinds of I don't want to say frivolous choices but you know the choices that superficial maybe perhaps you know it's pooping behind a bush versus pooping in front of your like prison yeah. homies you know that that's a little that's a little like surreal there too Following the bathroom, we get to Asterix's apartment. Um, there's a silly little goof to try and get in, but we finally get in, and after a very tense, tense. scene and goofing, and, still goofing, yes, it's still very goofy. You I mean the guys wearing a loincloth the whole time? Tense scene of Russian roulette. They walk away without no any money. money. Oops, failed objective. So so be it. And outside, waiting for them are plain, plain clothed police cops. officers, and cops. they cops. Hubert and Vin, no, no. Hubert, Hubert and, and Saeed, Saeed get, arrested. get arrested. Vince is too fast, can't catch him. Yes, uh, and they get kind of just held and pretty violently interrogated yeah. by these police officers. Yeah, just straight up like abused and, it's, and like it, misused. Yeah, it's pretty blatant harassment. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, they did a very good job. It, it's an it's an intense scene, and you kind of get that 
But I think the director gives us that third cop in you the You get room. a window yeah. into the discrepancies in the police department. Yeah. He is not painting the police as this uniform, every single cop is like a pig abuser, yeah. brutal yeah. man. It's like... The police is a complex organization, and yes, there are so many problems with it, and so many problems with police brutality, but there are also cops who, like, also hate it. And who are, like, sitting in the room and gritting their teeth. Right, and, like, looking, like, the amount of times he looked at Hubert and Said, and at the end, when Hubert and Said are finally just staring back at him, and he, yeah. he has to look away, because he knows that the organization he's supporting and what he's taking part in is doing things like that to people like them it's a quite a powerful scene and it leads our protagonist for the sake of the narrative to miss their train back to their suburb right and vince shows up as they're missing their trains we kind of get this reunion again it's a little sheepish a little sheepish everyone's still not on the same page yeah quite upset about recent events right like there's tension still hanging there obviously but they're allowed to kind of move past it as we continue following them along their journey with nothing to do in the streets of Paris, france in a place that i'm sure they don't visit often yes. um we get to a free art gallery a good a place to kill time as any immediately they are like the most boisterous surveilled observed characters they're rowdy they're rowdy you know they're gonna be their speaking loud known. yeah they're gonna be drinking all the wine etc <laughs> um amongst these very posh distinguished very in control of their presentation yeah. guests very very there's postured. a refined image there's there is thank you for using that word refined you know these are people who like events have a lot they clash with that <laughs> the three are you know lounging in the doorway Making a bit of a ruckus. Pickpocketing a wallet. Yes. Throwing things down on the way out. Yes. And uh, what I want to hit on the scene, too, is um, Hubert kind of wingmanning for Saeed right now. Definitely yes. putting on the moves on the ladies. He's very suave. Yeah. So Hubert, you know, Hubert is a little more he's socially... He's kind of put together. He is. You know, he's a little more socially mobile. Mm-hmm. He can kind of act it up or down. The ladies are definitely interested at first. Yeah. Saeed freaking Saeed comes in he's a poet noxious no (laughs) terrible as always completely turns it off and what she says what one of the ladies Mm -hmm. says is how am I supposed to respect you when you come at me like this aggressive this like textbook like not even caring all men are the same yeah this so what's so interesting to me is the ways in which characters are seeking respect right in this very like refined environment respect is kind of like slowly earned through like talking exchanging like intellectual property i'm yeah, sure yeah. versus like where saeed and vince and huber are from where respect is like how hard are you how yeah. aggressive are you have you done time right like what how have you clashed with the police and yeah. how can you then like kind of like amp that up to yeah. be like i'm tough so but, but you know that toughness doesn't get you anything when you're speaking to intellectual women exactly like refined like oh like this is a very postmodern painting uh, oh. like they're not gonna talk about killing police they didn't even like the art they they didn't even like the art so yeah respect has come to in so many different ways contextually and there was just a huge disconnect in the way those characters tried to interact with each other so upon leaving they try to hotwire a car and a drunken man (laughs) saves the day he's the goat he is the best dancing on the car Mm -hmm. for for the sake of these kids love him they escape the cops and they are inside I'm not sure what the structure yeah it's something like like that there's lots of TVs some um, commercial thing there's footage of the bomb Bosnian war that's going on and I think that's done intentionally you just kind of like underline the violence that we're all being shown via the media via image on screen like um, these are the narratives we're getting sold and what we're you know normalizing what yeah. we're getting used to what kind of violence and destruction in this world are we 
just taking as normal. Right, then, we're seeing, like, explosions and soldiers and, like, death. Yeah. And it's just, like, playing on some mall where you'd be shopping, not really paying attention to You know, that's to not it. where, that's not where I live. That happens right, somewhere else. Right, right. It definitely gives a sense of, like, removal, yeah. for sure. And then from there, we see that Abdul has died. He was in a coma, and he, he just, he has Right, passed. we've been waiting for, kind of, like, either his recovery or his death. Like, yeah. again, that's kind of been Vince's main crux. Like, if yeah. Abdul dies, I will kill a police officer. And he and, has just died. Right, and... We see Hubert and Saeed, it kind of cuts to them, just them, and they're like, where is Vince? Yeah. And another one of these beautiful shots is an imagined killing of these police officers on Vince's part, where he shoots them, and they fly back into the window, and it's a very dramatic, like, Vince kind of, like, enacting what he said he was going to do. Yeah, like, he's righteous him. fury. Right, like, this is him kind of, like, becoming that tough guy persona that he's been posturing as this entire time. But as we've seen from earlier... When he actually sees, you know, while, while Hubert and Saeed are in prison, Vince is with other gangsters, and he sees right. someone get shot, and you see when you kind of have that that dual shot where you Another see the action, shot. very yeah, absolutely uh, stellar, and you see like a close up of Vince He's kind of reacting, taken aback, yeah, He's quite terrifyingly, absolutely taken aback by. It's an actual gunshot, an actual death. Like, he clearly, I think at that moment, never really thought about the lived reality of killing another human being. Like To him, it's all a taxi driver. Right, that didn't factor in that, like, oh, somebody has, like, just died. And now the reality of what that means and how, like, a life has been taken, that is reflected on his reaction completely. So after seeing, you know, like, that kind of... That, the, having that morbid experience when he finally gets to where he's imagining where killing, like he's doing, killing a yeah. cop it is such an exaggerated thing right this is still you know in that fit of anger that he sees once abdul has died right this, this is sort like of a sens- larger than life yeah, this sort like of sensationalist idea this yeah. kind of this burden that he's put on himself to be like the one to be like the avenger yeah but saeed and hubert get him grab him right hubert definitely away. like pulls him out of this yeah. like weird fantasy like gets him like back out of the mall and they like, spat for a second for him. but they all end of up course. on a rooftop and they kind of have their i think they smoke weed and they you they know, have uh vince and hubert have this like little back like, and forth philosophical yeah. yeah and we see these themes like repeated throughout the movie uh the line like it's not how you fall that matters it's how you land definitely i think just reflective of like a societal whole like being in free fall and how if you know something doesn't change if we don't like activate a parachute or something we're gonna have this like very grisly end and i think it mirrors the man from the goulash that story very well where you know when they're on that train they're falling exactly and like where you land is absolutely in that case definitely not where you want to land yeah so if we're not averting if we're not changing something we're not gonna like where we land yeah no saeed being ever productive <sighs> yelling at nazi saeed. skinheads from on top of the roof and when they go down and cops too I believe and cops and cops just harassing everyone Gulsaheed they make their way down and they get attacked by these those those same Nazi um, until Vince comes in with his gun pulls out his gun and protects uh, and breaks up the fight and they grab one of the Nazis everyone like runs off brave old Vince saves the day a little bit we capture one Nazi skinhead rough him up toss him inside and Hubert, ever uh, Hubert, lovely at, Hubert. At this point, eggs on. Uh, yes, uh, he provokes Vince him to kill him. He goes, uh, "Not all cops are bad, but all skinheads are bad," which yeah. is a great perspective. And Vince has that like atonement and that realization, and like he can't do it. Yeah, yeah he can't. He, it's it's not similar to him break dancing in his dreams. It's not or, like who he is yeah, really. Yeah, or being disturbed by seeing that you know someone being murdered by a gunner. Or right, he doesn't have it in him. He's not about to just, like, commit cold murder on, like, the side of this, like, Parisian alley. He's not a hard gangster. He's right. a person, you know? Right. He, he has, like, empathy and is capable He definitely of, does. You know, not 
not being responsible for taking it up. He's a complex person in a very tough spot. Despite what his image and his projected image might tell you. Exactly, exactly. And while he may project this toughness, it's not in his core what he's about. We have this encounter with the Nazis. We have Vince kind of, I would say, getting in touch with himself in a a much more intensive way than he has up until this point. They finally make it back to their suburbs, to their projects. And we're left with the finale of the movie. Sort of the climax. Yes. So Vince gives the gun to Hubert. Stellar call. It is. And I think that that's like a sign of growth and maturity. I think so too. He's giving it to somebody who has the responsibility to handle it and actually treat it not as a prop, but what it is as a weapon. Something very dangerous. Something very dangerous. A tool for death. And those plain-clothed cops that Saeed was accosting... Grab Vince and Saeed on the street, similar to kind of the inspiration from this right. movie. One of these cops, incidentally, however, very recklessly brandishing a gun, yeah. pointing it in Vince's face, shoots Vince, shoots Vince, shoots Vince to death, and kills him on the spot. Yeah, Vince is dead. Hubert sees this now with his brandishing with his, his gun, own, own yeah. new firearm, just completely like shell shocked, but immediately like walks up. Walks over, points they a have, gun at the cop, the cop points the gun at right, him, and they, they have this bit of a showdown. They have this moment, too, before they even point their weapons, where they're just, like, looking at yeah. each other, and the cop, you know, obviously, like, this is portrayed as, like, a deep accident. The cop is, like, shocked, Hubert is shocked, they see each other, yeah. they see each other in this, like, very, like, vulnerable, very shocked, like, stressful situation. And that tick-tocking from the beginning of the movie, and that close-up on Saeed's face from the beginning of the movie, right, kind exactly. of returns to close We have this out. book-ended thing. Yeah. As, they, as you hear, a gunshot, a gunshot, cut to black. One gunshot, who knows what happened. Well, you know, it might be, it might have just been gun gunshot. Right, gunshot, right. Like, it's ambiguous, intentionally. Yeah. Um, as Hubert and this officer hold each other, point blank. And so, you know, the, the, the sort of cycle continues. You know, like, right. hate, hate prevails we, we this we, is senseless violence yeah. like this is just it keeps happening and it's tension that's constantly building and kind of folding in around itself right like no matter what the groups are whether it's our three protagonists and distinguished parisians or our three protagonists and the cops or really any of the groups that we pop in and out of no matter who it is the way that these people are not understanding each other or their lived realities is what is leading to these very deadly, very violent confrontations time and time again. Especially with those in power abusing it as well. In, you know, Absolutely. Essentially, when you have people in power curating these sort of situations that are very much are like boot on the neck. Right. Like this is them creating environments of hostility in yes. which then the people who are placed in this boiling water, so to speak, are going to lash out. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite scenes was when they're just sitting on the stumps and, you know, random side character who we encounter is telling them a story of, like, a celebrity game show where the celebrity keeps thinking there's a prank being pulled on them. And because of that tension building and building and building, they lash out on just a random person who was yeah. never a part of the game show. And they go nuts. They absolutely, like, have, like, a moment. They have, like, a breakdown. And I think that's, like, the perfect microcosm for what's going on in basically each of these environments that our three protagonists are stumbling into, where they are just scrutinized no matter where they go. And it's like, of course they're going to overact and posture and be so aggressive when they are already the center of attention. For them, it's surviving. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was my favorite scene from the movie. Kevin, what was yours? Well, thank you for asking. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> um, I've got to say, I, I I think my favorite scene. You know, I I have lots of different moments. You yes, know, uh, sequences. Yes. Favorites way different than favorite scenes. Definitely, there's so many good ones. There's so many. You've got to love the restroom scene when they're talking with the man who comes out of the of stall. You got to love break dancing because I just thought that you know was super it was cool. So good to see. I really enjoyed 
probably the DJ scene. I just thought that was cool. You know, like it's like taking a break from like the narrative, just establish, you know, the, the community and the setting of it. You know, seeing him like getting his knuckles ready, using the uh, 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 turntables as he as he did. I just think it made for like a cool moment aesthetically, if nothing else. Yeah. And hey, as a movie as highly stylized as this one, that executes as good as any Absolutely. other. Absolutely, it was a super fun switch up. It was a great way to kind of like pan out and then back into our protagonist. It it functioned on many different levels, just very very well. And that's a wrap on Lahain. Join us next week for The Square, a Swedish dramatic comedy that unfolds when a museum curator hires a PR firm to build hype for his new controversial exhibit. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Subtitled Cinema for movie lists, behind-the-scenes content, and other good fun. I'm Kevin. And I'm Michael. And thank you for listening.